I'm Chris Motes, and this is Faith in Politics. On this broadcast, we range from the soul to the state as we cultivate those virtues and explore those principles that help us live well as faithful Catholics in this great land. My guest today has been a, 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 f- a frequent contributor to the program in the, in the past, uh, an honored guest. Welcome back to the program, Professor John Schaff. Good to be here, Chris. I'm, uh, if I'm an honored guest, I, I've yet to see those honors, man. Yep. I don't know where. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess it's more an internal honor. <laughs> I, um, it's really an honor for me to, to be with you. I mean, I didn't okay. give our listeners, I think many of them will remember the whole list of, of accolades you're teaching up at, uh, at Northern State in a very, what I imagine to be a strange semester right now. Accurate. Yep. And um, I think um, one of on your, your list of, of credentials that we've talked about in the past is uh, Abraham Lincoln, this great, great book on, on Lincoln. You're a Lincoln scholar. And uh, so it's an honor for me for, for you to, to come on the show. It's, it's really a conversation that uh, our conversations I always enjoy. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversation um, because we're going to, I, I kind of feel like today's conversation is going to be a bit of like a fireside chat or maybe, or, or maybe the, you know, the, the waiting room at the barber shop. Um, we've had a bit of an agenda in the past marching through, you know, your, your book on Lincoln or even some Augustine, mm-hmm. but today current events, yeah. which, which we, we had fun doing once before, uh, last year, you remember, uh, yeah. Trump yeah, got around impeached. impeachment time. Yeah. But, but we're in the thick of it right now in the final, final weeks leading up to an American election, a presidential election year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of, it's like the fur is flying uh, in DC and, and everywhere. So I think a lot of fun stuff uh, for us to, to talk about. One of, the, one of the things that I'm really hoping we can talk about is, is the subject of a lot of the phone calls that, that I get as, a, as the Catholic conference guy, is just this whole discussion of, of Catholics, of voting, how we approach voting, um, you know, this, this duty, I think many times as American citizens, we sort of, even if we like kind of feel this sort of um, existential angst with, with what's happening, we like have this in our, in our, in our like blood, this duty to vote. What did, uh, you know, what are some of the, the main points that, that we could, that we could bring to bear uh, on, well, this, on voting? Yeah, first of all, you know, we, we all have a duty to promote the public good. And part of that, as people who are lucky enough to live in a country that is free, we get to act as citizens, right? So we're not subjects in this country. We're not subjected to the authority of a king. We're citizens, you know, and uh, Aristotle's uh, well-known definition of a citizen is someone who governs and is governed in return. And so we partake of both things. We are, we are governed, so we're under the rule of, of, of the government, but we also govern in return. And so as Catholics, we can help promote the common good through our activity of voting. Now, I, I'm, I'm open, actually. I know people who, who on principled reasons, do not vote. Yeah. Uh, and I actually I have a certain respect for that. And I don't think people have to vote for every single office. Right. Uh, and I don't think it's a moral obligation to vote for everything. But I think as a general rule, uh, we should take very seriously this duty to vote and to use this as a way to promote the public good. And if you're not, you better have a very well-formed reason to do it. And I'm busy or I don't know what's going on. I'm not educated. 
uh, I don't like these guys. I'm just kind of a curmudgeon. These aren't, these aren't good reasons. And then there are various ways in which, you know, we've got lots of instruction from in the catechism, our, our Catholic bishops of the United States have done a lot of instruction. There's a lot out there that people can find on the, the, the USCCB website about Catholic and the kind of things that we as Catholics want to keep in mind as we think about voting and for whom we want to vote to in South Dakota, we have the opportunity to vote on various ballot measures uh, that we have to think about those and educate ourselves about those, about those which I highly recommend uh, that those who, who are listening to this who are in South Dakota or any state where you have ballot measures to educate yourself on those because those are the ones that often are the noodle scratchers Yeah, because uh, you go in there, especially in South Dakota, it, the ballot can become kind of complicated at that point. Yeah, You don't want to be walking into the into the voting booth cold, not right. really knowing what's going on because it's going to be hard to decipher yeah. right then and there in the voting booth. And, and those can be really big too because, you know, we've got two of them up this year that are actually modifying our state constitution, Yeah, which is like, I mean, that's a big deal. It's, it, it's not easy to get that done and it's certainly not easy to undo it once it's done. Mm-hmm. So to have a level of formation, and I'll throw in a quick plug right now, Vote no on Constitutional Amendment A, the South Dakota Catholic Conference, as uh, Voice of the Bishops, is encouraging you to vote against recreational marijuana in the state. So vote no on Amendment A. But yeah, great, great point about um, about the new. Well, you, you wrote about that, and what which bishops Bolton was that? Two yeah, we did it in days? September. We did it in September. September. Yeah, September. So people, if, uh, people from the the diocese from Sioux Falls diocese can go look. Well, it's online, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so you can you can search it out and find that from the September Bishop Bolton. Chris has something, and there maybe about, about why we should be opposed. Yeah, I might reshare that on uh, on Facebook yeah. too, so it's at the top of people's yeah. feed. Yep, yep. Yeah. So yeah, and so and it, and it goes along with Chris with some of these things that we want to promote. Uh, you know, of course, all of us know as Catholics that that human life is mm. is an important value. So the dignity of human life is something that we want to protect. Family. Yeah. Is something that our bishops talk about, and that and part of that is the concept concept of subsidiarity, yes. of making sure that the family is able to fulfill the role it's meant to fulfill, its natural role, and that's not being usurped by government or other entities. Things like the dignity of work, uh, mm. things like uh, caring for creation, is one of the things that's that's almost precisely how the bishops put it. Care. Yeah. God's creation. I think the uh, almost fu- foundational, fundamental, I think, like, like Catholics want to have in mind. So these are the kinds of things I think Catholics have to be thinking about then assessing various candidates. So as we say, if you're in a state uh, like South Dakota, which has ballot questions, thinking about how is this promoting these goods? Is this or is this not? Or is this candidate or not promoting the common good as defined uh, by the church and, and assessing that? Well, and, and that can be hard, too, and does actually require us to, as you put it with the, the ballot measures, to scratch our noodle a little bit. Like, we actually yeah. have to dig into it because one of the things that can trip people up is there's, there's a hierarchy of goods also. Yes. And, and there are some things that it's like, okay, there's actually not any prudent, there's not room for prudential judgment yep. on the question of whether or not uh, abortion is, is evil. It, it is. It's always mm-hmm. unjust. It's never okay. To take innocent, uh, to take innocent life. Now there are other questions like, okay, care for creation. We can we can accept that as a principle and and agree wholeheartedly. Yes, what does that practically look like in terms of a policy, you know, uh, pl- platform 
lots of different we, links to discuss. Yeah, we can see this. So in uh, the United States bishops' documents, I think you can even see this. There's there was a document. I'm oh, I'm going to blank on the year that the CDF, the congregation. Uh, I got to think about this congregation. Help me out, Chris. CDF. For the doctrine uh, of the faith. Doctrine of the faith. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, had something on on Catholics and public life where they talked about prudence, and we had yes. uh, first time I was on this show, we had a long talk about prudence because it relates to Lincoln. So I'm not going to rehash that, but it is true that that we have all these goods. Some of them sometimes come in competition, and we have to you, you use a good word, a hierarchy. You know, which are most important? And there's some that are we would say are inviolable. You cannot violate them. So not only, for example, I mean, you mentioned human life is, is fundamental. Not only is, is it wrong to take an innocent human life, but the state has an active duty to protect that life. And so yes. it's, it's hard to get around with the, 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 the out that, that some Catholic politicians sometimes use is I'm personally opposed, but I wouldn't want to, but the, the church says, yeah. It, it's not that you should be personally opposed and, and think of abortion as wrong, which it is, but also that the state has a positive duty to protect the lives of the innocent from conception to natural death. And that is something that you, you, you can't, uh, we can use a biblical illusion, and though it's so unfortunate with abortion, you can't split, can't split that baby. There's no way right. to mitigate that, to, to, to compromise on that. Whereas you say there are some things like, like promoting the dignity of work. How do we do that? Yes. How do we promote care for creation and, and being good stewards of God's creation? How, what exactly does that mean and what policies are there? And so people have to think about that um, as, they, as they weigh uh, various issues or how those then relate to various candidates. You know, and that's maybe a, a good segue. I'm going to do just a bit of a, um, a warning right now because we are about to talk about Joe Biden. Uh, and we're going to talk about Amy Coney Barrett, uh, who is currently, as we speak, uh, in her hearings. But, you know, so I do want to talk about Joe Biden. He's a baptized Catholic, which which means that the church, the church, when the church looks at him, the church sees somebody that's wearing that that white baptismal garment, you know, so that's mm-hmm. um, and we're going to. I don't, I don't want it to be like we're picking on him a little bit. We could, we could, we could pick on plenty of other people, but we're going to, we're just going to look at him a little bit because, okay, he's the Catholic candidate. You know, he's wearing that white baptismal garment that, that, that means something. That's, that's a, the most significant thing that, that has happened in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my baptism. So what, how do we look at some of the, and maybe just for the sake of an exercise and also to just be really clear, there's no endorsement or, or opposition here. This is just for the sake of like an intellectual exercise. How do I, as a Catholic citizen, sort through some of the virtues and vices and so on and so forth, applying some of these yeah. principles we just talked through with voting? You know, I hear so many people in, in, in Catholic circles when they're writing about Joe Biden. No, there, there's a debate, you know, is Joe Biden Catholic or not, right? Because yeah. it's it's obvious that Biden has taken positions in public there at odds with the church. One of them, which is talked about the defense of human life, he he does not believe that human uh, unborn human life deserves legal protection. And we've just said that is a fundamental error, or he's taken positions against the family uh, in how he defines marriage uh, as not being between, as God intends and scripture and the church teaches us, one man, one woman, but uh, in his uh, 
rather a vociferous endorsement of, of same-sex marriage. Right. Um, so this is a problem. So they had, so so people argue. Well, is he really Catholic or not? I guess I would just argue he. You know, maybe that's the wrong question. Probably what Joe Biden is is a bad Catholic. Mm-hmm. Now, we're all bad Catholics in some ways uh, because we we all sin. And so we go to confession, we, you know, we try to make things right. So we all struggle to fulfill what the church wants us to do. Uh, and we all fail in some ways that you know, the difficulty, this is true of all Catholic politicians. And we've seen Catholic politicians on, on both Republican and Democrat sides struggle with this. You think of some like a Nancy Pelosi, who's also Catholic or Paul Ryan, who was one speaker of the house, just you know, which is a couple of years ago, until he, he he didn't run for re-election, he yeah. was Catholic. You know, people yeah. of this ilk. Yeah. We've had we've had John Kerry run for president. Uh, uh, Joe Biden would be only our second Catholic president behind John Kennedy. JFK. Uh, should should Biden win? Is uh, uh, how do you uh, reconcile the fact that that almost all these people, in one way, shape, or form, are going to violate? or advocate for things that are problematic for Catholics. Let's, let's yes. put it that way. Yes. Um, and the, the problem that you have with some Catholic politicians is that, is that they, they're, they're making these errors in public. And so you have an additional problem of scandal. Uh, they're, is they're, they're encouraging people to, to adopt viewpoints that are, that are sinful. And I think, you know, it, it, for the Catholic voter, these are things that we have to take very seriously is, is a vote for this person going to put forward uh, the common good? And are, is this person going to be pushing something and advocating for something which is fundamentally wrong, fundamentally evil? Um, And, and how can I reconcile that? And so one thing is true is you can't vote for someone because they're advancing that evil. Well put. It, it might be we might vote for some like that in spite of that, though I think you'd have to really form your conscience. And we can talk yeah. about that in a second, too. Yeah. But but uh, but it's, yeah. it's, extreme, it's extremely problematic there is, uh, for us. And I think there is some confusion on that. I've had a couple of phone calls from folks that have relayed to me. Uh, they've seen this examination of conscience. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to prepare your soul for, you're going to make a confession. And one of the questions listed under the heading of thou shalt not kill is, have you voted for a pro-abortion politician? And I had to just say to the person, like, actually, that's not a sin um, on its face. You have to mm-hmm. ask, why did I do that? Did I do it because I'm for abortion? So the church doesn't teach it's it's uh, inherently sinful to vote for somebody who who is pro-abortion. Now, as you put it, we've really got to form our consciences. The question, as I heard it asked or posed by um, the author of Render Under Caesar, the former Bishop of Rapid City, now Archbishop Emeritus of Philadelphia, Charles Chapu, in a talk 10 years ago, he said, the question I I ask myself in in my conscience, which I've I've done my best to form according to the church is, um, after I die, can I, can I stand before all the, the, the children slain in the womb and explain to them my vote? You know, no. you know, so it's, no. that, that puts it in kind of stark terms, but um, emphasizes the, the need to, to form a conscience. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, what, and what that requires, and this is true in both, both in a religious sense and in a more secular sense, where we're talking about educating ourselves about our vote. That means 
in a secular sense, you want to know what the issues are you know, in addition to things that the church would, would, would make very prominent, but also, of course, those things that the, that the church emphasizes. And, you know, it's, it's by happenstance. I was going to talk about this today and then some, uh, uh, someone wrote the, the website Public Discourse today has a, a short little essay about John Henry Newman and conscience, and that's what I was going to talk about. So, happy oh, coincidence nice. is that you know when 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 John Henry Newman famously talks about how you know we should follow our conscience, what he doesn't mean is he 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 doesn't mean this in the sort of the liberal pluralistic way of. I, I just follow what I want, and it and it's focused on me as an individual, and I follow myself. What he means is that the way I like to think of it is he. It's almost like he thinks of the conscience as a muscle, mm-hmm. right? And your muscle needs to be exercised, right? And if you don't exercise your muscles, they atrophy. And so your conscience, if we when we we don't just talk about our conscience, but it's got to be an informed conscience. So it's not a subjective point of view that I have, but it's a point of view that I have shaped by information. And that information comes from many sources, but one of those sources is going to be the church. So as I think about as a Catholic, how I'm going to vote, am I aware of the church's teachings on these things? Have I taken the time to educate myself? If I'm, if I'm struggling with a choice, have I taken that prayer? Uh, and am I seeking guidance maybe from my pastor, from other people? Maybe, you know, the Catholic conference would be a great place to go if you're wondering how should I vote on this or that, or I want more information. As I said, our bishops are, are a place to go. The, the Catholic bishops have lots of information on all sorts of issues. And so as we vote, we're, we're not just doing that subjectively and say, I'm following my conscience, but that assumes that our conscience is a, is a well-informed conscience because it, my the whole the informed means formed. My conscience yeah. is rightly formed. Formed, uh, formed by what? What is the, how, do, how, does, how does this conception of con- conscience differ from, as you started out, like it's not a do whatever I want. I mean, I think we, it's, it's easy to get hung up here because the, the mode of politics that we're sort of used to engaging in, like everybody, and maybe it's related to this concept of relativism. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe you could unpack that a little bit, but yeah. um, you know, how do we, how do we describe what it is our conscience is being formed by when we're in a, a very pluralistic um, liberal political environment? Well, because the, the bias that we have, Chris, is to think that you know, truth is something that I discover on my own, almost within myself, right? Which can lead to a kind of relativism or subjectivism, or even some would call it an emotivism. How, how, do, how do I feel about this? But if there is a reality outside myself, and that ultimate reality is the reality of God become man and Jesus Christ dies for my sins, right? And lays a foundation for a church to advance that, which teaches truths, right? Derived from, from scripture and then built upon tradition, right? If all that is true, then I have to conform myself to that, right? Through information, I am conformed to what? But is true, not simply following the dictates of whatever feels right at at this moment. So it's not about what I think kind of undirected, like I'm a leaf blowing in the wind. Um, but it is something that I'm trying to form myself 
to a a truth that is outside myself, which is often difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To do, and people will come prudentially to some different views on that. But the idea is that it's not in me, but I'm trying to figure out a truth of something outside of myself. So if I'm going to sort of sum that up in a nutshell, when we're forming our consciences, we're, we're forming them in the light of reality. I, that word you said yeah. really just jumped out at me, yep. is that, that reality exists. And it's sort of the same thing for everybody. And our duty is to sort of um, come to understand it as it is and have it uh, inform and shape um, our, our view of how to act, yeah. how to and, act and well. We, when we talk about politics, Chris, what the church teaches us is you have to have a proper concept of the human person. Mm. And so that, that concept of who the person, human person is, cannot you cannot rightly understand human, who, uh, who the human person is separate from the reality of God, who creates everything out of love, created human beings especially in the image of himself. And so we are in this personal loving relationship with God uh, of which again is my duty if I love God to conform myself to his will. And so I need to take that seriously. And I, I realize we're, uh, I don't want to make it sound like this is all very simple. Uh, yeah, right. this, this requires a lot of work, but that's why I'm saying you can't just, if you can reduce this to something that is somewhat mundane, like voting, yeah. um, uh, uh, important, but, but not salvation of the soul important, uh, usually. Um, but it, I need to do some work. Yeah, right? This is yeah. why we don't let, you know, like I say, our, our whole selves, our spiritual selves, our conscience, these are all muscles that need exercising. And in a, in a way, we have a duty to do that. So when we make these important choices in our lives, in our public lives as citizens, that we are doing it in conformity with, with the will of God, which is in, in part transmitted to us through uh, the magisterium of the church. So, so this, you know, I just, it really resonates what you're saying about this, um, you know, the reality of the human person and the human person cannot be understood apart from God. How then do we understand the human person, um, as Aristotle said, as a political animal, you know, mm-hmm. so it may be taking a step back to some of our earlier discussions about Augustine, from Augustine, how do we understand sort of man as uh, cannot be completely understood outside of his relationship with God, yet at the same time understanding politics as a limited, a limited good? You know, all, we know that our, our ultimate destiny is to be with God. It's not to be here. It's to be with God. And you know, in our discussion with about Augustine, we, we spent a couple podcasts uh, talking about Augustine, right? What we talk about, one of the things that we need to be careful of is turning politics into a religion. Yeah. Uh, that somehow, uh, we all know there's sin in the world and there's things in the world that we all get frustrated with. We you know we've mentioned some of them here. Right? At Catholics, we get frustrated with the culture of death, right? Yeah. We get frustrated with, uh, violations of religious liberty. We get frustrated with these things. And we sometimes think if, if only we get the right people into public mm-hmm. office, yeah. somehow we could create heaven on earth, but we know that's not, well, we should know that's not going to happen, right? The reality of this world is that it's sinful, right? We are, we're broken. We're separated from God. Um, and to expect any human institution to save ourselves 
uh, is asking more of that institution uh, than it can deliver. And we have, there's a danger of turning that into an idolatry is that we think this, this, this person, this party, uh, this you know, political ideology is, you know, if we just implement this, then everything's going to work, work out right. You know, and in, in addition to, I think, um, you know, any Catholic who finds himself completely at home in either of our two political parties probably needs to do some of that examining of conscience mm-hmm. we were just, we were just yeah. talking about. That doesn't yeah. mean you can't yeah. be strongly partisan uh, for, for either of the two parties and, you know, and, and work to advance that cause. But if you're 100% comfortable being a Republican, if your Catholic soul is never uncomfortable, or if you're a Democrat and being a Democrat never makes you a little bit uncomfortable as a Catholic, you're probably not doing the Catholic thing 100% right. Yeah, I find this tension, um, I don't want to call it uncomfortable. Let's just say I find there to be a tension. Because when Scripture, based on what you've just said, and I totally agree, Scripture, when Scripture talks about the day of the Lord, it's not talking about November 3rd. You know, whether it's uh, Donald Trump or, or Joe Biden, like our salvation is not in, in that person. You know, our vote isn't going to save us. Yet at the same time, I can't say that it, well, then it doesn't matter. No, it does, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, it still, it still matters, even though it's like my salvation isn't bound up in that. Um, well, in, you know, in this sense, being a, being a citizen, Chris, is, is probably is part of, it makes me think, uh, charity. You know, yeah. it, it's not the only way that we show we, we, we love each other. And I think actually other ways might even in some ways be more prominent. Uh, but one way in which we show charity, a love of our fellow man and fellow women, uh, and is participating as a citizen. As we go, when we start off this, we were talking about the common good, right? What yeah. we want to promote is the common good. And politics is one way that we can promote the common good. It just We'd have to be careful about thinking of politics as in and of itself salvific you know we yeah, tend yeah. to get very riled up about our politics and sometimes i think and it's you know it's hard for me to say as a political scientist but nonetheless sometimes we have to kind of ease it down a little bit and maybe take our politics a little bit less seriously I mean, the problem we have in our time is uh, as the old saying was that you may not be interested in the revolution but the revolution is very interested in you that's true uh, sometimes our politics is very interested in us even if we're not interested in it and which behooves us to to, to uh, be active and uh, to be engaged as as catholic citizens okay so 30 seconds left uh any any parting shots for our listeners professor i would just say i just I encourage people to go to all the various resources i've mentioned chris has mentioned some today and get yourself educated and cast an intelligent, well-informed vote and that you've exercised that muscle of your conscience and that, that you can feel confident that when you vote on November 3rd, or if you've already voted already, which some people have, that you have cast a vote for the common good. Uh, bravo, well put. And uh, I don't know if we ever got to, to Amy Coney Barrett, so next time you're on, we'll have next to talk time. about the Supreme Court. Yep. Um, and I'm going to have like an award to give you next time so I can yeah. grab my honored guest. I'll, I'll take a t-shirt. I'll take a t-shirt. My honor is my you. t-shirt. That's great. Uh, the Catholic Conference t-shirt. Those are those are highly coveted. So, yes. Uh, John, it was, it was great to visit with you. Thanks for coming on the program. Thanks for having me, Chris. 
And thank you, dear, dear listeners, for tuning in. As always, love to hear from you. Go to sdcatholicconference.org. Click contact us to reach out and, uh, and check out all the resources we have there. Until next time, live well.